0: Well, good day, footy fans, and welcome to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Emmanuel Penclas, flying solo for the next few weeks while Michael Corbyn enjoys the pleasantries of the Greek islands, Italy, and anywhere else he can think of. Uh, Roosters fans typical. Their team is struggling, and they leave the country at first notice once there's no hope of September football. But hey, who am I to talk? I'm just a South Sydney fan. Uh, whose team was charging in the first 10 rounds of the year and is now teetering and absolutely on the blink in the eighth spot on the NRL ladder. Um, tonight on the show, we're going to talk about the bunnies, we're going to talk about the refereeing, and we're going to talk about what this weekend has to offer. Let's start with South Sydney because they are a bit of a talking point. They played Cronulla on the weekend, they were down 26 0. Uh, at one point of this game before clawing back some points. They are a team on serious decline and in serious struggle. struggle trouble. It is all a mental game for Souths. Everything about it, it's all mindset. Defence is all about attitude. It's all about passion. It's all about how much you care. And, and Souths at the moment just look like a team that are, that are just waiting to kickstart their season. They've been to the last five preliminary finals, made one grand final in that period of time. They have the talent. They can beat any team. They beat Penrith this year. They beat Melbourne this year. They they beat the Broncos earlier in the year, convincingly. Um, and I think that, that really tough run for them uh, was also their undoing because they thought after 10 rounds they were invincible. They obviously had some struggles when Latrell got injured. Cody Walker got injured. Campbell Graham got injured. There were origin selections, but... Um, my If Souths don't make the finals this year, and I, I cannot believe that given where we were at the end of May that we're even talking about this as a possibility, but given where Souths were, it it is quite incredible that they are teetering on the edge of the eight. Uh, their run home, of course, includes the Dragons um, next week, or this weekend, and we'll preview that game coming up at, at Cairns at Barlow Park. Of course, South lost to St George earlier in the year. They then play Newcastle on a Sunday afternoon in Newcastle. They have the bye before they face the Roosters in round 27. Uh, and after spending most of the year being slightly critical of the Roosters, Souths now find themselves two wins ahead, um, much better for and against. But but it is quite remarkable that Souths are, are sort of on the edge of eighth spot. And uh, and in fairness, I, it's hard to see teams below them that deserve really to be there. Parramatta obviously had that slow start. Um, but Para also have a buy to hand. So it, it could be between South and Parramatta for that eighth spot. Souths have a much softer draw. They've got the Dragons, the Knights and the Roosters, as I just said, compared to Parramatta's Brisbane in Brisbane, uh, the Roosters at Combank Stadium and then Penrith at... Tenrith. they've also got a buy uh in the last round. But really it, it's dire signs for South. There's been a lot of criticism of the half back, there's been a lot of criticism of the coach. They have had injuries. That they're still playing out players out of position. They were last week, they are this week. Um but again, I, I question the need for um obviously the the coach felt that Jack Wyden was an important signing for the club, but but we are listening missing some leadership uh, in the forwards, Tom Burgess is is a different kind of player to the others. He has far more experience. Uh, I just think he's a, he's a kind of <clears throat> uh, he's very hard to describe, but but I think he, he's much more of an impact player, like you see at, at the Panthers uh, with your Spencer Lenews. Uh, as you see, at Parramatta with their with their their massive props RCG and, and Junior Parlor, and even and the Tom Burgess plays the kind of power game that the Roosters really froth. Uh, but other than that, Souths forwards are, are a different kind of beast. They're, they're far more versatile, but it means that you know if if you face a pack that that's full of big strong men, the Souths forward pack look looks quite small on their day. So. Very underwhelming to be a South supporter at the moment. I I genuinely think they are one of the only teams with the talent to beat Penrith. They are one of the only teams to have beaten Penrith this year. Um, Penrith currently sit first. They've dropped five games. One of them was to the Broncos um, who are sitting in second spot. One of them was to the Tigers uh, and and one of them was to the Eels. Not many losses for the Panthers this year. So I, I think that when the push comes to shove, they're going to be very hard to beat. A lot of the other teams in the top eight, that they've had ordinary seasons in my opinion. Canberra have not set the world on fire. They're sitting in fifth spot, minus 74 for and against. Cronulla, much has been spoken about on their season. Uh, and had they not beaten South, they probably would have been the talking point this week instead of the Bunnies. And Newcastle are actually finding form at the right end of the year. They've won five in a row. Uh, they've won six of their last ten, uh, and of the teams in the competition on form, all of them in the top eight have at least a fifty percent win ratio, except for South, who have only won three of their last ten. Uh, dire signs. If you're a bunnies fan, it is not easy right now. Being us, um, I watched the Manly Roosters game on Friday night. On Thursday night, with, with a great deal of interest uh, two teams that I like to watch purely because I have no interest in wins um, and I would love it if both teams could lose uh, the Roosters won 26-16 but but it was a very ordinary game of football it was just it was such an underwhelming contest there were 21 penalties the penalty count was 15-6 uh, to Manly there were uh, over 13 sixes again, and and I query the need for all this, and I query where it's going. I sit and watch this as an NRL player, as an NRL supporter, and I wonder what is it that the game is trying to get out of this? What what does it think when it stands there, when the ref stands there and, and waves his hand and goes six again, six again, and does it two or three times in a set? What are they looking for? What are they trying to get at? I'm underwhelmed as a fan. I was, a, I had no interest in this game of football. I did not care who won. I just wanted to see a good and exciting game of football. I saw two players for the Roosters that probably could have been sin-binned in the space of a minute. Uh, I think Daniel Tupou was quite uh, lucky not to be sin-binned for his tackle. Um, and then there's another one a minute later, and then, and then there was a send off. And it just to me, it's underwhelming. It's underwhelming to to watch one of the best refs in the game in Ashley Klein. He is apparently the best ref because he refereed Origin. It, it, it is underwhelming to to watch him wave his hand so often and blow the whistle so often. Um, and I query, what is the game trying to get out of that? What is it? That the NRL is looking for. Are they hoping that the players will heed that caution? And is, are they hoping that if the referee does it so many times, that the player will just stop what they're doing and, and stop all their um, sort of nit, sort of all of their nitpicking in the ruck and, and lying over the ball and laying down for too long and being inside of the ten? Is the referee hoping that by the twentieth time he blows the whistle or waves his arm, that that's going to stop? Because it's not. It's not going to stop. And so why doesn't the ref just give neither side six against and give neither side penalties and, and, and let the game sort itself out, OK? Because you watch that game and there is no fatigue. No one is tired. There are no stoppages. There are less interchanges used. And it creates less excitement for fans. It It is... It is, as I've said, underwhelming to watch. Uh, it, is, it is not what you want to see as an NRL supporter. I mean, that it just the commentators do not enjoy it, and the fans do not enjoy it, and you're sitting there thinking, is this a good game of football? And, you know, Manly and the Roosters, between them, they have some very good players. Uh, you've got Tedesco, you've got Cherry Evans, the two state captains, uh, you've got a series of internationals in both sides, uh, and it, it is extraordinary that a game between uh two talented rosters like that produces such mediocrity and it and I don't think that the referee is entirely to blame but i but I think the refereeing performances are partly to blame there There just seems to be too much nitpicking and as an outside fan, I'm not entirely sure who it is intended to benefit. I, it, it is incredibly frustrating to watch, just as a third party person that that really enjoys rugby league, to sit and see this every week. So, um, it, I, I the thing that I can't understand is how does the referee, the same referee, go into state of origin. And not touch his whistle for the first twenty minutes, how did the same referee um the week before state of origin when play Parramatta put his hand in his pocket for the first twenty minutes and not blow a six again and not call a six again or blow a penalty and And I would rather see a maximum of three or four six against in a game and and the rest of it we just sort of we just sort of let the players work it out, let the players sort themselves out, let the players get tired, create the space and create the opportunities and let the better team prevail. Because at the moment, it's almost like the referees are manipulating the results to try and get a contest. Uh, And I know there was other controversy throughout the weekend with the Dragons and Parramatta game and and the way that that strip fell uh, and pretty much saved Parramatta's season. And again, on the Monday morning, Graham Annesley comes out and says that Despite the fact the referee ruled, and then the bunker confirmed the referee's decision, both of them got it wrong. And I asked the question, what does that achieve? Does anyone feel better by being told that the bunker got it wrong? Or that the referee got it wrong? Are we meant to be comforted by that fact? Are we meant to sit there and go, oh, well, we would have won because the bunker said so, but we didn't. So basically, we didn't get the result we wanted, the referee was wrong, the bunker was wrong. So we had three losses over the weekend, uh, but, the, but the game told us, because Twitter said so, the game told us that this is how it should have been, this is how it should have been adjudicated. Well, how uncomforting, how unprofessional as a sport that every Monday morning the head of football has to come out and say all the errors that were made. And were they errors? Were Were they that bad? And if they were that bad, why is no one accountable for that action? Why? Why isn't it called out? Why isn't it discussed? And I, I think that's that's the bit that that is just really starting to frustrate me. Is that the quality of the decision making is terrible, but then the support of the decision makers is even more ordinary. It is exasperating. It is frustrating. As a rugby league supporter, I'm frustrated. I'm I'm sick of sitting there, and and the game is just constantly disrupted, and, and I feel like you can predict it. You can predict when a six again is coming. And when a six again comes, another six again comes. And then another six again comes, and then suddenly it's 18-0. And and to me, that that is not what it's about. It, it should not be about blowout scores or the rest trying to keep it close. It should be just let the game unfold as it's meant to unfold. Let players be a bit offside each time, because... If you call it for one, you've got to call it every time, but if you never call it, then you never have to call it and each team faces the same challenges. And and I think that is almost where we've got to go here because for me, as a fan, as a long time fan, it, it is getting frustrating. So as I said earlier, Michael is actually not with us for the next few weeks, Uh, so I hope you are still tuning in to this podcast after 14 minutes of me rambling away. Uh, Michael kindly actually messaged me his tips today, so when I go through the team list, we will run through uh, Michael's tips as well. Let's take a look at the NRL ladder, so in uh, first place, sit the Panthers uh, on equal number of Point as the um, Broncos. The Broncos have won one more game uh, and still have a bye in hand. Uh, the Warriors and Storm round out the top four. The Raiders and Sharks in fifth and sixth, and Souths, sorry Newcastle, and then Souths round out the top eight. Parramatta equal footing with Souths, as are the Cowboys. All three teams um, still have a bye to come. Uh, and then we have Manly, one point behind that. The Roosters, uh, the Titans, the Dolphins, the Bulldogs, the Dragons and the Tigers all set and likely to receive their second wooden spoon in as many years. Uh, the Warriors really been a big story this year. They look set to sew up the top four spot which will be incredibly exciting for them. Their run home includes the Tigers. Then they have Manly and the Dragons in New Zealand uh, and then the Dolphins in the last round. That game against the Tigers actually also in New Zealand uh, with the Tigers taking that game uh, to Waikato and we'll preview that a little later in the podcast. Uh, And before we do that, let's take a look at the tipping ladder for the last round. And um, a lot of sevens in the last round, some very talented tippers this year, very competitive. Joanna, also in Greece at the moment, uh, is an equal, uh, sorry, outright first, um, leading Mark and Tony Corbin. And then Brendan PNT round out the top five, Paul S in six, Clive is three points behind Paul S, and John O. M. is two points behind that. So the top eight looks pretty wrapped up there too. Nicholas J in ninth, Diana, who of course was an early season leader, in tenth place, myself in fifteenth, and Michael Corbin. The self-professed tipping king in 18th place on the ladder. Let's get into the round 24 preview now. And on Thursday night, Manly are hosting Penrith. This game at Four Pines Park. Uh, and Kepi has overcome his back spasm um, that kept him out of last week's match and comes into the front row to fill the lodge to fill the void left by Matt Lodge. Uh, who suffered a seizing-ending injury, injury against the Roosters. And Ben Trubojevic moves into the starting side and Tulangi goes to the bench. For Panthers, Ivan Cleary is named the same 17 that took care of business against the Storm. And Luai is good to go after entering an early guilty plea and accepting a fine for a Grade 1 careless high tackle last week. Um, Michael has tipped the Panthers in this one. This game could... Get ugly, once again, last time. Manly were very ordinary last week against the Roosters. They were slow, they were lethargic, they were un- they had no energy. And you can't bring that kind of game to, um, to uh, a meet against Penrith because they will just absolutely carve you up. Penrith are humming. They have very few injuries. Um, they are looking rock solid, and I think they will get this done convincingly. I'm also tipping Panthers, but more importantly, Michael's tipping the Panthers. Okay, Friday night, very interesting game. The Sharks hosting the Titans at PointsBet Stadium. Cronulla will be pumped after their win last week against Souths. Um, Mulatalo is back on deck, so Hiroti goes to 18th man. Calhoun returns on the bench in place of Hazleton, who suffered a concussion in the Souths game. Uh, And for the Titans, Big Tino returns from suspension and will be a straight replacement for Mo, Mo Fodawaka. AJ Brimson will be rested as he continues to battle a minor rib injury but Jamin Joloff is back on deck after missing four games with a broken hand. Isaac Leeu goes to the bench and Isaac Fassumalawi to 18th man. Leeming has been added to the bench and Sam Ferrells is set to miss the rest of the season after the club decided to send him for clean-out surgery on his shoulder. Ashley Klein is referring this one and Michael has tipped Cronulla. Uh, big game Friday night the Broncos host the Eels at the Gabba, uh, Adam Reynolds groin and Kobe Hetherington return after missing the Cowboys game Jordan Ricky is also back in the 17 having been 18th man last week after recovering from a foot injury and Dane Mariner comes in on the bench for Jesse Arthurs and Xavier Willison and Corey Jensen drop out of the squad with Ricky and Hetherington back on deck. For Parramatta Dijon Arce joins the side in the centres with Bailey Simonson shifting to the wing and last week's debutant Arthur Miller-Steven dropping out. Brendan Hands has been recalled on the bench and Makotoa goes to 18th man. Andrew Davey is named to start with Ryan Madison on the bench. The Broncos were very impressive last week against the Cowboys without Adam Reynolds in Townsville. Probably put a dent in their season. They are humming along too. They look set to uh, secure a top two spot the a buy-in hand, they will probably, if all, beings, all is equal, they will likely face the um, Panthers in the big match at the end of the year. Um, they are looking very impressive at the moment, and I expect them to get the job done. Michael has tipped them too. Saturday afternoon, South host the Dragons at Barlow Park in Cairns. Tom Burgess will need his team to make the finals if he's to play again this year after popping a three-match ban for a careless high tackle in Saturday's loss to the Sharks. Shaq Mitchell is at prop. Arrow has been named despite being forced from the field with back spasms. Jacob Host comes to the back row at the expense of (coughs) Cheekam, While Tane Milne retains his spot um, on the wing after being 18th man last week, for the Dragons, Francis Molo is out after displaying Category 1 concussion symptoms following a head clash against the Eels. So Michael Molo moves to the front ben, front row and Ben Murdoch-Masilla is the new lock and Toby Couchman is added to the bench. Moses Sully is back on deck after missing the Eels game with a calf injury and Max Fagai is also um, into the centres with Lomax sidelined by a shoulder injury. Jack Bird has also suffered a shoulder injury and will be uh, consulting a specialist. Michael has tipped Souths. Souths need a proper win here, and um, anything where the Dragons are scoring quite a few points into a closed contest is not enough um, here, I think, just to show their credentials. They are on life support. Tigers host the Warriors, as I said, at Waikato in Hamilton, Uto um, Utoikamanu and Sean Vlaw return from concussion in a boost for the Tigers, but Stange is out with a hamstring. So Junior Tupo shifts to the wing, Kapoa comes into the centres, Trial goes back to the bench to accommodate Uto return, and Madamua moves to 18th man and Ataisi James to the reserves. For the Warriors, Tuapiki will play his fourth game of the season, taking over from Nickel Clockstar. And the only change to the squad that downed the Titans. Michael has tipped the Warriors in this one. On Saturday night, the Roosters host the Dolphins at Allianz. Dylan Napa has uh, come in for the suspended Nathan Brown. And the only change to Trent Robinson's squad, his last appearance was against the Bulldogs in twenty twenty one. Um Sorry, it was for the Bulldogs in 2021. The 30-year-old has played 13 games in New South Wales Cup for the Roosters this season. Um, and for the Dolphins, Ray Stone returns from a broken hand he suffered in round 20 against the Panthers. Stone comes onto the bench pushing Herman essie to 18th man. Cody Nikorima is named at fullback and the Hammer is in the centres, but they may switch on game day given that Hammer has played 15 of his 17 games in the number one jersey. Ewan Aitken is at least another week away. Michael has tipped the Dolphins, although I think that's reverse psychology. Sunday afternoon at 2pm, Storm hosts the Raiders. This would be an interesting game um, because these two teams are 4th and 5th on the ladder. Uh, But Melbourne have a 4-and-against of 81 and Canberra have a four and against of minus 74. Um, so for the Storm, Hughes and Coates are back on deck. Freeman Smith is listed among the reserves. Uh, Bronson Garlic is the new face on the bench for Tyrone Wishart, who drops to the reserves. Uh, for the Raiders, Seb Chris will spend the remainder of the season on the sideline. Ethan Strange will make his NRL debut in the centres. There's no other changes to Ricky's squad. And uh, Ethan Strange, is quite the talent. And I've heard some very good things about him. So one to watch. The Knights, and in that game, sorry, Michael has tipped the storm. Knights Bulldogs to round out round 24. Um, Newcastle Sunday afternoon at home. Bradman Best is out with an inductor injury, so Tuala comes in. Jacob Siafidi has been named despite suffering a hamstring injury against the Titans, against the Dolphins, sorry. Daniel Siafidi is listed among the reserves and could be a late call-up as he works his way back from a quad injury. And for the Bulldogs, Englishman Luke Thompson will play his First NRL game of the season, incredible, replacing Harrison Edwards on the bench in the only change to the side that beat the Dolphins before the bye. Thompson suffered a foot injury in pre-season and finally made it back on the paddock in New South Wales Cup a fortnight ago, playing 32 minutes off the bench. Um, So, running through the team lists and Michael's tips for this week. Thursday night, Manly hosting Penrith. Michael's gone for Penrith. On Friday night, the Sharks. Michael has tipped them over the Titans. Uh, The late game, the Broncos host the Eels at the Gabba. Michael's tipped Brisbane. Uh, Souths host the Dragons in Cairns. Michael's gone for Souths. Uh, The Warriors play at Waikato um, in a Tigers home game. Michael's gone the Warriors. The Dolphins travelled Allianz in a re of their Round 1 matchup against the Roosters and Michael's tipped the Dolphins. The Storm hosts the Raiders at Amy Park, Michael's gone for the Storm and Mike's gone for the Knights against the Bulldogs. So that's the end of the first podcast without Mike uh, for a few weeks. If you're still listening, much appreciated, thank you for your company. Uh, in some late news tonight Wade Graham announced his retirement from the NRL effective at the end of the season um a big story a Cronulla veteran who uh was a pivotal part of their their premiership win in 2016 actually debuted for the Panthers in 2008 and played 3 seasons there 42 games before moving to Cronulla where he has played 250 games uh it looks like Wade will fall just short of playing 300 games, but it has been um, a great season for him. Hardly surprising, um, given his patchy form and, and run of injuries of late. But one of the good guys in the game, and um, hopefully Cronulla can just keep things up for the end of the year just to, to send him out on a good run. Um The Sharks have a home game in the last round um, against Canberra in the the very last game of the home and away season and depending where they finish, may get a home final the next week although that will probably be at Allianz if they do. So that's it for us for this week. Uh, Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and on Twitter or the platform previously known as Twitter, now known as X. I'm Emmanuel Penkless. Thanks for your company. Go the bunnies.